Dybala! He is something else. Di Lorenzo, and still Di Lorenzo! The captain brings the house down. Patinopea champions once again, but the 33-year wait will now officially come to an end. Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast for your calcio to go. I'm Frank Crivello and I am joined by the birthday boy, Richard Carmen. Tanti auguri, Richard. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm having a birthday cocktail tonight, so how are you? I'm good. I'm having water. <laughs> so I have uh, I have lab work on the more I have to fast for for my uh, physical for physical later this week. I'm not signing anywhere. Um, just kind of t- kind of making sure uh, I'm looking after my health. So all right, good, good, um, good. Yep. So uh, just uh, just trying to do that. So yeah, if you're in the chat, make sure you rich- wish Richard a happy birthday, or, or else uh, you're gonna thank have to go you, Anthony. To- thank you, Anthony. You're gonna have to go into timeout for all he does for you people. <laughs> the least That's you can right. do. <laughs> so. Right these on. glasses, I'm, and like if you look at them, you're just going to see my screens in the reflections. This is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. This is going to bother me the whole damn time. <laughs> so, this is what I hate about readers and being old and sight not being what it used to be. So, oh man. So, uh, we are now through the uh, halfway point of the Serie A season. Inter, winter champion. We have the Molly of Denali founded. We're going to have to take that up. Do what? You're not even listening. I can't hear you. Who are you? Did you, did you oh, Molly Denali. Yeah, you're just doing your you're just doing your birthday thing over there. You're just kind of uh, like that's having fun over here, drinking, partying over here. You know, oh, whiskey. It's my birthday, and this guy's talking about Molly of Denali. So, <laughs> I was like, well, that's cool. No, the Molly of Denali clip that goes winter. Oh champions, yeah, yeah, winter champions. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, Inter gets I mean, Inter champions, but yeah, I mean, he yelled you on your birthday. <laughs> so, um, Chelsea could have used the likes of Giroud and Ruben today. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea. Well, it's just is it? It's the semifinals of the Carabao Cup, or or uh, Apex is, is going to have to tell us that. Yeah. So, anyway, um, yeah, tough times at Chelsea, I guess. Uh, but th- we don't talk about them. We talk about the uh, the guys who used to play for Chelsea that are in Serie A. Yeah. Um, so uh we have uh match week 19 to run down we're going to do that all in a big batch uh we'll talk a little bit about the transfer market the mercato a certain team we think is on the verge of a having themselves a little yard sale two guys gone already and i think there's going to be a few more before this window slams mm-hmm. um uh we'll talk about some other uh key transfers and some names to look out for uh we'll talk a little bit of copa italia i think there was one game today was there not Yes. Uh, Bologna and Genoa playing to a... Uh, Bologna Fiorentina. Bologna and Fiorentina, forgive me. Um, and I got to pin that so I can see it. They and played the one to drinking. A, <laughs> they played to a goalish draw. Um, and uh, how did that go? Did Fiorentina went through on penalties, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Correct, correct. Okay. Posh missed the last shot. Posh missed the last one? Okay. Yeah. Uh, we've got Lazio against Roma, Milan against Atalanta t- on Wednesday, and then on Thursday, Juventus against Frosinone uh, to round out uh, and try to determine who the last four are going to be for the Coppa Italia. So we'll talk about that. We'll finish with the world's most popular hashtag game, who won Calcio Twitter. Interesting to see how Genoa might spend that Dragosine money. Eh? Well, they don't have that Dragosine money just yet, but it looks like they're going to have it. And just on a... Uh, 
on a side note for everybody, because we got a couple people that said, where's Dragosin in your bed? You know, them 11. So we're going to repeat what we were saying again. Dragosin is leaving. And if he wasn't leaving, he'd still be in Serie A. And we would tell you, you better know them. You, you yep. probably, you, you know him enough through the transfer rumors as it is. So, yep. um, you know, so. He was an honorable then, mention um, for us. And I think there was another one. Somebody had asked me, said, well, what about Alessandro Bongiorno? And I said, well, I think he kind of introduced himself with his performance yeah, for Italy uh, yep. against the Ukraine. So yep. we, we left him off for that reason. We wanted to bring attention to guys that people aren't pay, paying particular attention to. How about Mina, how about Mina Rizalki getting on the uh, Morton Frendrup train? Yeah, yeah. That's and right. I just I had to retweet that. I said, you know, we we put put somebody in here. You better know them eleven, and the the, the big shots are going to follow along and start watching. So avid followers um, of our show, clearly, yep, yep <laughs> and the followers of our show. So glad <laughs> glad we have somebody of uh, of of Mina's experience and talent uh, on the same page with us on uh, Morton Friendrip, who we're very very high on. So. And and, and you know, shout out to to Mina and uh, Nikki Bandini. Uh, they have an excellent podcast. Definitely go check their check it out. Uh, so shout out to them. We gotta try to get them on. That'd be nice, yeah. We'll we'll see if they can. They might be too busy for us, so they might big time us. So yeah. well, they have which, they have yeah bigger jobs than us in terms of this kind of stuff. You know, I don't. Bl- I wouldn't. Bl- I I wouldn't blame them. So <laughs> I wouldn't blame them. So you enjoy your cocktail and enjoy your birthday while I run down the uh, uh, what happened in the games over the uh, weekend in match week nineteen. How does that sound? Do you even hear me? Yeah, yeah, I was giving you a thumbs up. I was drinking. I'm just enjoying my drink here. I didn't, my mouth is full. I don't want to talk with my mouth full, you know. Uh, <laughs> we're not off to a good start here today. So this is what happens when somebody has a birthday, I guess. All right. Well, or we started drinking. on yeah, we're drinking. Uh, we started on Friday. It was Bologna playing host to Genoa, a one-one draw there. Goal of the week candidate, a nice free kick by Albert Goodmundson. Um, and then uh, in the 95th minute, Lorenzo Di Silvestri. Uh, Pretty much at the death, uh, yeah. rescuing a point for Bologna, uh, assisted by, of all people, Alexis Salamakers. Uh, worth noting that Bologna had 71% possession, 21 shots, 8 on target against Genoa. Genoa's only shot on target uh, was that um, good Munson goal. So, clinical is what you call it. Yep, clinical is absolutely what you call it. So, uh uh, this one, I think the officials have a little bit of explaining to do. Uh, Inter 2, Hellas Verona 1, uh, Lautaro Martinez scoring. Uh, not, no, exp- no explanation needed for that one. Great finish uh, being played in by Mkhitaryan in the 13th minute. Toma Henry uh, in the 74th. It, was at top, it looked like it was off his hip. Um, yeah. But near post run, and that's the beauty of near post runs. Just, you, you know, if you're the crosser, just drive it at them, and all they've got to do is get some body part that's not their hands on it uh, to just direct it, um, and that's all you need. So, um, you know, so great example of a, of a, of a, about a cross to the near post um, and, and good finish there by Henri. Uh, and then 93rd minute, this is where the controversy happens. It appears that um, uh, Alessandro Bastoni elbows – uh, was it Duda? Pretty yes, sure it Duda. Duda. It was Duda. Andre was Duda. Duda. And they play on, interplays on. Oh, Duda's on the ground, uh, and interplay all the way through it, uh, which ultimately leads to Davide Frutesi with a tap in to put Inter ahead 2 1. They don't review this. Uh, Darko Lazovic goes batshit, gets a straight red for it. Um, so he's gone. Uh, and then, interestingly enough, if there wasn't enough fireworks, uh, Verona actually had a chance to tie this, uh, and a penalty was awarded at the death where Toma Henri 
uh, hit the woodwork. You sound like yeah. you were going to just say something. No, 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 no. I was reacting to Tomo Henry missing the penalty there. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Frozenoni and Monza kicked off, or when they didn't kick off, was the second game in Monday's action. Uh, I am warming up to Danny Mota a lot more this season than I was last year. I, I thought he yeah. really struggled last year. I'm seeing a lot of improvement with him this year. Um, and in the 18th minute, he finishes a great cha- he finishes a great play by Carboni. In 45th minute, Mota returns the favor for Carboni. Beautifully timed pass, uh, playing Carboni in for a uh, for an easy finish. Um, Matias Sula decided he thought he'd give Monza a little more help uh, in the 55th minute with just a bizarre own goal, uh, you know, to put Monza ahead 3-0. Uh, but just a minute later, Frozenoni would pull one back. Abdul Harawi scoring uh, in the 56th. Sula making a penalty in the 76th, and that is all the scoring that there would be. Monza hang on to get the win by three goals to two. Lecce, Cagliari, they played to a 1-1 draw. Uh, Valentin Gendre is assisted by Remy Udan. Um, Udan was in our You Better Know of them 11. Uh, and uh, uh, living up to his expectations as he should. Uh, Gaetano Oristano leveled the scoring in the 68th minute, assisted by Nicolas Viola. Just, I mean, Nicolas Viola just really helps make Cagliari a better team. Um, he does. He does. He really deserves credit for the run that he's been on. Sassuolo kept a clean sheet, and they kept it against Fiorentina. Um, and it was Andrea Pinamonte scoring in the ninth minute uh, on a on a ball by Marcus Pedersen. Um, three key saves by Andrea Consiglia in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, great mm-hmm. performance from him, uh, giving the Nero Verdi a big, big win as they try to work their way up. Bad loss for Fiorentina um, in their quest to try to find uh, a top four finish. Sunday morning it began with uh, Empoli hosting Milan. Milan winning three nil at Empoli, and that's still not good enough for the Pioliot crowd. Apparently, because Jovic didn't play, um, and there was a lot of that on Twitter. And that's just shit. Go support another club. I fucking had it with you guys. Um, you know, eleventh minute, Ruben Loftus Cheek uh, played in by Rafa after after individual work by Rafael Leao. There's that guy who's so terrible now. Um, even though he just sprints past 1v1 and then puts the ball on a plate for Loftus-Cheek. Yeah, he sucks. And that's the other thing. Oh, you can't, he's, not, he's not good as he was last year. What's going on over here? Well, I think he just signs people. Giroud gets a penalty in the 31st minute, um, and that is his ninth goal of the season, boys and girls, and through 16, and he's only made 16 appearances. Crazy. So that if, if he plays every game and continues this pace and he features in every game in Serie A for the rest of the season, he'll score 21. Okay, so that's kind of part of a reason why Jovic doesn't play more. Um, And then uh, it was uh, finished off in the 88th minute. Chaka Traore, after uh, Pulisic made a very nice run, put the ball in and played for him. Uh, 3-0 for Milan. You know, (laughs) I have fucking had it with Milan Twitter and certain factions of it, the Pioli Hot Crowd. Napoli fans have fucking had it with Walter Mazzotti 2.0 already. (laughs) Yeah. and Control versus experiment. We said it. Exactly. We t- we warn people, but apparently they don't want to listen. They just want to be angry and and they like to argue. Uh, but it starts with Antonio Sanabria and the uh, Zapata was outstanding in this game. Yeah. Um. And uh, you know, assisting Sanabria in the forty third, and then Vlasic in the fifty second. Um. Alessandro Buongiorno in the sixty sixth. That man we just talked about after a Lazaro on a Lazaro corner. Great header there. Uh. He, man, Napoli just looked lost. Um, it was uh, Pasquale Mazzocchi, it should be noted, in the 50th minute, 
with a red card. Um, stupid play by him. Stupid yeah, play. very stupid play. Uh, well, we've got um, somebody trying to uh, advertise on our uh, on our chat. Can it's just it's just it's just Reno. Is it? No, <laughs> no not Reno. I know. Yeah. Ignore it. <laughs> we can we can put him those in bots. time. We can, no, those are bots. <laughs> yeah, we can put the bot in timeout. Okay. Uh, it was uh, Lazio two, Udinese one. Uh, Luca Pellegrini with a goal of the week, uh, free kick there. Candidate uh, put Lazio ahead one goal to nil. Wallace uh, leveling in the 59th, and then it was Matias Vecino, goal of the week candidate for me. Mm-hmm. Very nice little team goal there. Yeah, yeah. 76th minute uh, as Lazio finding ways to win without Luis Alberto, without Chiro Immobile. It's kind of important. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salernitana. And Juventus, uh, it is a 2-1 win for the Bianconeri, but it didn't come easy. Julia Maggiore with a goal of the week candidate in the 39th minute. A foul on Federico Gatti in the 43rd minute, earning him a yellow card that there were some rumblings that it should have been red. It wasn't a red, guys. Let's not let's not reach. Um, he got the ball, and then on the follow-through, you know, uh, clipped the Salernitana player with his studs. Nothing that was malicious or... Uh, or, or, or what we would call violent conduct. So for me, um, just a yellow there. But Giulio Maggiore getting a second yellow uh, mattered, puts him on a red, puts Salernitana down to 10, and then Juventus uh, presses the rest of the game. Ealing Jr. in the 65th minute on a rebound. Um, they give Vlaovic an assist. I thought Vlaovic shot and it deflected back towards Ealing Jr. Or it was just weird. But Vlaovic would score after Danilo did a nice job of pressing, winning the ball, crossing early. Uh, great finish for Dusan Vlaovic and uh, getting a yellow for taking his shirt off. Can we stop with the yellows for taking their shirt off? Seriously. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's the I dumbest agree. yellow. It's the dumbest yellow card. Also, next, what's so, the next thing? Give yellow cards for celebrating. What is this? The NFL? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, referees <laughs> want to be want to be made to feel important. I guess attention whores. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, Roma and Atalanta finished 1-1. Uh, Jose Mourinho got sent to the stands again. Speaking um, of attention, whore. <laughs> <laughs> Tun Miners, great ball. This is a goal of the week candidate, in fact, for me, just on the quality of the cross by Miranchuk. Um, and then there was a penalty in the 37th minute uh, where Dybala converted that 1-1 there. Roma had more of the possession, uh, had a lot of chances to go on, and... Uh, uh, win the match, but uh, Karnaseki looked terrific uh, playing in goal yeah. to rescue the point for La Dea. So, have at it. Where do you want to go first? Okay, let me get back to... Let's go in, in, in order somewhat. Uh, Bologna, Genoa. I mean, I thought Genoa did what Genoa does. Uh, it was the dentist's office. They were very effective in their game model. I thought they frustrated Bologna to no extent. Um, I, I got to say, though, I am impressed with Alexis Salamakers, believe it or not, under Tiago Mota. He just seems to pick it up another level from where he, where he left with Milan, I thought. Um, at first, when I thought it was a joke signing, uh, joining Bologna, he turns out to be a pretty decent player for them. Not saying he's just, you know one of the best players, no, but I think he is starting to come into his own under Tiago Mota, and that's probably due to the fact that the managers put them in the right position. But I think uh, Genoa doing what they do, and people are starting to question, is Bologna coming down to earth? And it's like, I don't know yet. It's, it's probably still too early to say that, but I, you got to give Genoa credit. You know, they're fighting for their lives. They want to stay out of the relegation fight, and so they got to get points any way they can. And, of course, you know, they have one opportunity, and, and Goodmanson puts it away. So uh, nice by Genoa there. Um, 
I mean, we could we we can get into the two the two controversial plays uh, first with uh, Bastoni and, and Inter. Obviously, that, that was an interesting game. Uh, Hellas, you know, giving Inter a uh, run for their money in this game. Yeah. I thought uh, Arnautovic was particularly poor. I know I saw Inter Twitter, you know, going back and forth saying this guy's ass and da da da. And he missed many, many clear opportunities within like meters of the goal. I don't know how he missed some. He blocked one of the plays. He did a Lukaku and blocked one of the goals. Um, but ultimately, what everyone's talking about is that Bastoni play. And you mentioned uh, during the rundown how you feel that Bastoni should have been a red card um, because of the elbow. Uh, I have differing views on that. Um, so initially, my first thought was like, how the fuck did they miss that play? It's a clear fucking elbow. I was irate as everybody else. Uh, and then I did see a an angle which I thought was very important to see, where you got to see it was a shoulder. In my from what I saw, and, and, and I'm not saying what it, this is what it is, but from what I saw, the angle I saw was um, it was a shoulder to shoulder, and as he pushes him off, then the elbow goes up. So it looks like it's an elbow to the head or face or whatever. And I thought Duda made a, de- a meal of it. Uh, so for me, it was a non penalty. I thought it was a fair non call. Um, a shoulder-to-shoulder check, and and like I said, that only changed for me because I I was pure. That was a red card by Bastoni until I saw that angle, and it was more like a front angle, uh, and someone from the crowd or something like that. But it was really it was zoomed in. You saw it clear, and that's why I changed my thought on that. So that's why I, I'm going with a non-call. I'm fine with a no-call. Okay. And I see it. It changed the game because the play kept going on. Bastoni gets a shot off the post. Barella comes in and gets a nice, wonderful shot to force the keeper to make a save, and then Fratesi obviously gets the winner. I understand why people's up, people are upset, um, but to me, you know, after seeing that one angle, I think it's uh, it's a football play, and I'm fine with the no call. I, I really am. Yeah, but at, at, at minimum, though, to to Reno's point, it's a foul. Uh, it's still a foul. You don't have to send him off. Okay, He's a maybe. Well, <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> I know, but it's you're still. Okay, so and at least he's going to be an interesting party on this. At a minimum, yep. you get shoulder to shoulder, but now if you're extending with the elbow, yeah, um, or if you're finishing the challenge with the elbow, then that's where it becomes a that sh- that's where it should become a foul. That's a, at least in my opinion. It just um, felt like you know, and this is from all my years of playing hockey. It was just a shoulder check and it's like pushing off, and then the elbow went up, and I don't even think it hit him. But you know, it's it's I can understand, I can see the other side because I was on the other side, so I understand that people are saying, hey, that's a penalty, that's a foul, yeah. or whatever. I get it. Uh, just from that one angle, I'm just I'm just saying, speaking for myself, I saw the one angle I saw changed my mind completely, and it may not change anybody else's mind, but I'm just saying from what I saw in the game. So I was completely on board with the red card for Bastoni until I saw that angle. So okay, I fair. I mean, I I I. At minimum, it's a foul. At maximum, fair enough. The 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 the, the optics of it show, suggest it's a red, but you know it should have been looked at. It should have been looked at at, at minimum to say, hey, there was a foul right. in the build up to this goal, um, and it should be disallowed. Um, you know, I'll, I'll at least go there. I don't, you know, I don't have to send them off. I'll I'll, I'll back off on that if, if you saw an angle, but you know. Interested to get Lisey's take on it if he joins us in the chat and hears this or if he, he catches us on the pod. And so this is also a thing, right? Because they want to be transparent with their VAR. And, you know, I love what France are doing and other leagues are doing this where they, the referees are mic'd up. And you can hear if they are having a conversation VAR in the back, there's video and audio of it. And if there's a reason why they didn't go, decide to make a, a check on it uh, live on the scene, if at least we can hear it, we at least have an idea why. Right. Um, and we don't get that transparency like we're getting in league on and some of these other places, and so I think that's also the part of the part of the issue there. And you know, did they check VAR? We don't know. 
Uh, and I think to your point, if it was, if they end up being a foul, that goal never would have happened. VR would have taken the back, and it would have been a free kick for uh, for Verona, and you know, game probably would have ended 1-1 uh, at that point. But also part of the game, what I didn't like as well was, obviously, a uh, penalty comes on the other end. People want to say it's a soft penalty. I don't know. I think I think it was a penalty. Uh, sure, it's soft, but it's still it's still a penalty in the other end. But Tomo Henry stepped up and he misses the places the play, and then you see, you know, uh, who was it? It was a uh, it was a Barella. No, it was Fratesi and and uh, Acerbi laughing at the face of Tomo Henry. Like you don't got to do that. And I, I get it. it's yeah. part of sports. I've been there. I've done that. Um, it's one thing if you know Tomo Henry is the guy who fell on the ground and, and was diving on the play. It wasn't him. So like just because he missed a shot, like come on, show a little bit more class than that. But uh, you know whatever, it, the game ended and Inter found a way to get three points. So you know, kudos yep. to them. Yep. Um, and then I, you know, let's uh, the the, the Gatti incident. As I said earlier, I, I it's a not this is a non-issue for me. Yellow is a yellow is perfectly acceptable for that one. Yeah. Um, there's no malice there. There's no violent conduct. There's an effort to slide and get the ball. And in the follow-through, he catches the Salernitana player. Yellow's perfectly acceptable for me. There was a couple people making a big deal out of it, but it's... I saw a lot yeah, of people make case. a big deal. So it seemed, it's funny because it seemed like all the Juventini were upset that um, Bastoni didn't get a red, and all the Interisi were upset that Gatti didn't get the red. Meanwhile, Milan fans on both sides were like, yeah, it's red on both sides. But I saw a lot of people complaining about, especially Interisi complaining about the Gatti play. It should have been a red card. Um I'm with you. I, I think there was no malice to it. I think he his foot went with the play. He should have got a yellow. I don't remember if he got a yellow or not. I think he did get a yellow. Um, but I didn't think there was malice on the play. I think he went for the ball, got the ball, and ball, foot hit off the ground and came up and, and got him in the ankle. So uh, to me, mm. it wasn't it wasn't a bad bad enough play. Sure, it's yeah. a yellow. I, I'm fine with that because the studs were there, but it's not a red for me. Um, people made it seem like he went up. Who did it? Um, Mazoki. It wasn't like Mazoki who went up, studs up from the beginning, went after the knees or anything. He didn't do that. It was it hit off the ground it was with the play, and it happened. And you know, I'm fine with the yellow card in that play. So uh, you know, I don't really see the. Uh, I don't understand the argument there on, on the other side about that. But uh, yeah, sure, it is what it is. Sure. Let's go to Milan, and we talk about the three 0 win, winning at Empoli, winning away for the first time in quite some time, which was important. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, Pasquale, it's his birthday. He can wear what he wants. That's right. Um, that's right. And drink it's also, it's also his show. Um, <laughs> so, um, let's see. So, um, I, I made the comment and I saw when Bonetti, you know, you, you know, talked about like, you know, was, was, was citing Teo talking about, you know, Teo said, we've been behind Pioli all along. And I had a guy, I had a Pioli out guy. I said, well, Teo just got, you know, he was making comments. The players don't believe him. And I said, well, Teo just came out and said they've been supporting Pioli all along. And said, you know, he, he, of course, because he hasn't been in form all season and Pioli keeps playing him. I said, well, he's playing him out of position right now. So, um you know, he's he's playing him out of position and, and, and Teo is accepting. I mean, it's just like these are the fights I'm getting into with these people and I'm tired of it. It's just like I got to learn to ignore it, but I, I get sucked into it. And it's, you you and Martino are in the same boat. So, so I, I log in for a second. I see you going out with somebody. I see Martino going out with somebody. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get off Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't get involved in all that. Well, shit. <laughs> I mean – this okay, and you can sit in the injuries and the and the laundry list of injuries, the mash unit we kind of talked about. Okay, the, the training methods and you know the, the the training staff and that sort of thing, that's a component of it. 
Okay. Yeah. Sometimes injuries just happen out of just dumb luck. Okay. Yeah. Um, sometimes injuries happen for a myriad of other reasons. Okay. Um, if you get an injury as a result of getting into a bad challenge, is that the training? Is that the trainer's fault? No. Okay. I mean, so they happen for a myriad of reasons. So on the one end, if you do end up having training methods that lead to this rash of injuries to your squad, it's also now your responsibility. How do you weather the storm? And this is to me is a mark of a good manager. How do you weather the storm? Mm -hmm. Okay. And how do you keep this thing going until you get everybody back? And we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks. This is the third best team in Serie A with upside to do even better when they get everybody back. You're going to tell me when everybody comes back, this team's going to drop to sixth. Purely out, people are going to make you believe that. Yeah. So I mean, it's just make you believe just, Napoli. Yeah, it's just the way it is. They're they're, they're going to act fun. like this. They're going to act like the sky is falling. And now the latest one, the pissing and moaning about Jovic not getting any pitch time. Well, Giroud had a little something to do with that. Giroud played well in this game. Okay, and Giroud is the starter. Okay, and Jovic comes in and spells him. That's how this is set up, and Jovic understands that, and Jovic will get his chance. And also, Jovic is just getting into form. He's he's hot. Yeah, player of the month for Milan in, in in the last month, but he's still getting. You know, let him let him keep burning and burning this fire. Let him, as we say, an NBA Jam back in the day. He's on fire. Wait till he's there, uh, and then but, hey, if he keeps up on this pace, sure. By the end of the season, he will be the starter. It'd be hard not to if he keeps putting in goals. Um, but yeah, Giroud is on a fantastic pace this year. He is he is Mr. Clutch in the big games. And plus, you got two strikers. Rotate them. One's in Copa Italia, one's in, one's in Serie A. I guarantee if one of those strikers played both those games, you probably wouldn't get the same results. You got two guys in two different games and two different uh, uh, competitions, and they're both scoring. So like that's the ideal scenario. And the team is in third place. Now, the one thing I, I dislike... Oh, well, I don't know about dislike, but... The one thing I'll say is the injuries. Like, obviously, if you get injured in a game or something like that, that's, that's one thing. But I think training, overtraining is part of it. I also think the mm -hmm. Milan lab is not as good as it was. Um, right. And this is not a this-year problem. This is for decades, or at least yeah. the last decade and a half, where it's been a Milan lab problem where players get injured, go out there, and they're, they're out for a long time. How many? Look at the banter era. It was all injuries all the time. And then yep. even at the end of the, you know, from when they won the squad or the copy, the the uh, Champions League in 2007, like from like mid 2000s up until you know the banter era started, they had air lots of injuries, lots of injuries. I mean, we got you know we got Beckham, Ronaldinho, those guys were out for injury, and Ronaldo and all this stuff. So it's not a new issue, and it's we need to figure out a new. You know, we kind of want to say that we're on the forefront. We Milan wants to say they're on the forefront of you know medical technology and this and that. Hey, Jerry Cardinale, if you want to make a stamp, fix the the medical team and make sure they are top team, so we don't have as many injuries with you whatever you can do in the back scene and maybe it is a training a little bit to an extent but um pioli has done well despite all these injuries he's figured it out he's got the youngsters playing well now chaka charoris yes he's got his first goal of the season it's he's figuring it out the team's figuring it out and they're still in third place and they're solidly in third place um and ha had you know the pioli, pioli pioli out crowd got their way we'd probably be in ninth place just ahead of napoli you know yeah who knows yeah let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, okay? Because part of the conversation is, and, 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 and okay, Rafaleo and Teo Hernandez aren't in form, you know, and have not, or, you know, are, you know, by their standards, by their standards, let's right. just, let's, let's add that caveat. Yeah. Um, all right. So let me ask you this. I think there's certain players that they could be short of form, but you still keep playing them. 
Okay. Sure. You know, that just it's 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 just what you do. Your core players, you keep playing them in hopes that they regain their form and rediscover their form. Um, and you play them till one or two things happen. They regain their form or they get hurt. Um, yeah. And in this case to me, Leo and Teo, and the suggestion was, we'll give some of the younger guys a chance if these guys aren't going to be in form. The younger guys know where they are in the pecking order. Trust me. They know what they're coming into. They know what they're signing on for. Noah Okafor knew what he was signing on for. Yeah. All right? He's signing on to be a rotation player, and he'll be called on from time to time. All right? Filippo Terracciano knows what he's signing on for. He's signing on uh, to be a rotation guy. He's not going to start at left back. Are you kidding me? Okay. I mean, especially and, with the emergence of Jimenez, too. So Jimenez, he might be exactly. after him. <laughs> yeah. But do you, would you agree when your core players when your core players aren't in the, their, the ideal form, you keep playing them? Yes, uh, they have to play their way out. Now, if they get to a point where they become too selfish, where I felt Leao at points had gotten a little too selfish at times, you need to bench him for at least a game and say, hey, this is a wake-up call. Get your shit together. Um, And I think Pioli even did that once with with Leao. But I think you do play your best players through through their struggles and let them play out of it. And if it continues for a long stretch, if it becomes a nuisance to the team, like you said, then, yeah, you you make the switches. But I think, uh, you know... Leao has still got the pace. He's still doing it. He just, for me, it's not that he's out of form so much as to, I think he's too hung up in his mind trying to be on Mbappe, Haaland's, Messi's level, Ronaldo's rental. He said it in many interviews. Oh, I can be them. I just got to put more balls in the net. So he's trying, obviously, to, to be that person. He has a talent, no doubt about it. And I think where he's at his best is where he's like a Venetia Jr., where he, yes, he's scoring goals, but also can assist. Yeah. He uses his, his skill set to the advantage of the whole team, whether it's for him getting an opportunity when he has it present or gives it to somebody else who may open him, a Giroud, uh, or like he did on the goal for um, uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. You know, that was a great play. That's what, when Liao is out of out of form, he can still do that. And that's why you need to play him uh, through these struggles. So, yep. Okay, let's come back from Juventus. Let's come back to Juventus. Come from behind win, uh, 2-1 win. Uh, mm-hmm. Vlaovic starting to find a patch here and starting to score some goals. Rabio with a, with his usual performance. Bremer and Danilo with his usual perform with their usual performances. Um, maybe not the best game from Yildiz. There were some moments from him, uh, but a guy they're going to still continue to trust. Uh, but uh, this is what this is what good teams do. You go, it's it's against you. You go on the road. You find a way to win, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know. Again, uh, they are hot on Inter's trail here for the Scudetto. Would not surprise me if they wound up overtaking them at this rate with no Europe to be distracted by. Um, you know, uh, they can keep their they can keep their best players fresh. They're not running into any injury problems. No, uh, they're very much alive for this. Yeah, and I think you know. Salernitana were given the hell of a fight in this one until Maggiore got stupid and got a second yellow. I don't know what the hell he was thinking in that game. But I mean, up to that point, Salernitana had a really great game plan. It was working. And you, as soon as that red card happened, you knew Juve was going to win. Just the question is a matter of when. Most likely it would have been late in the game because that's what they do, right? Um, but yeah, they, 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 they turn up the pressure as they should. Talk about Juve. Ealing Jr. had a nice goal to make it 1-1 and obviously get the late goal by Vlahovic. But they kept pressing, and this team is good. You know, It's not the most entertaining team in the world, but 
they find ways they find mm-hmm. ways and that's what a champion does um inter does it and so does juventus and that's why they're clearly the two best teams in the league i mean they're i mean juve is nine points ahead of milan who's in third and they're milan's in third by six points so i mean it's clearly inter and juve and i think juve are showing they're 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 continuing to pick up the wins while inter here and there get a draw and they're slowly catching up to them and i agree with you i think it's it's a, it's a matter of time before they uh they juventus overtake inter because how can they not because they're gonna be they're on multiple fronts oh well inter is not anymore in Copa italia but they're still in champions league and they have their eyes set going deep in the champions league and so i'm sure they're gonna have to drop points they're gonna drop points here and there uh and then juventus with no outside distractions really outside of Copa italia they should be catching up and surpassing uh inter it'll be a dogfight till the end it certainly will i don't think anyone's gonna catch those two but those two teams are the cream of the crop do you think they over, you see, do you think they overtake inter i do i do eventually okay. you think it'll be close and, and that could just mean one point but i think they eventually get to their level if not on par if not uh, surpass them so all right when they play each other again it's at the san siro mm. uh so that's 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 a that is probably going to be a scudetto six-pointer uh you know the way this is playing out yeah. um you know, I, I give Milan a slim chance of finding their way back into this thing, but with the form that Inter and Juve have been in all season long, it's going to be very, very difficult to accomplish. Um, Lazio have three wins on the bounce without Ciro Immobile and Luis Alberto. Uh, however, it's been done against Empoli, Frosinone, and Udinese. Um, I say we credit Sadi. For finding the way, finding ways to get three points, even though these are bottom half teams, without two of your star players. But what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I we've talked about this in the past how Lazio seemed to be better without Chiri Immobile, um, mm-hmm. and so that's not a surprise to me. I think also without Luis Alberto, obviously not having SMS in the fall this year, they're finding ways, and I think Sadi deserves a lot of credit. This team had a terrible. Terrible start to the season, which you should blame Saudi for, right? But I think he's found a way to get them back in, into the discussion of Europe, where you know a month ago it looked like they weren't even going to make you know top ten, and now they're they're what three points from the top four, which is unreal. Uh, great run by Lazio, and you know they're making me look better week by week. But I think you know what, what it shows that there there is talent on this team. Is it's a complete team? No, but. Uh, the pieces that they've added, Castellanos is one of them, uh, and some of the other uh, some of the other death players are stepping up when they need to and making it making it uh, an easier decision for Sadi when he you know he can't go to Immobile when he cannot go to Luis Alberto even you know um, Felipe Anderson he's not always on his game so they're finding ways and that's a sign of a good team and so they're slowly getting into the mix it's going to be you know interesting last battle for uh, the European spots because now we didn't think Lazio were going to be involved this season the way they started and now they're back in the mix and so you got the top 10 teams really top nine teams battle you're gonna have five six teams battling for you know the last two champions league spots plus the european spots the rest of the european spots it's gonna be a hell of a fight i think okay um roma and atalanta finish in a 1-1 draw Mourinho gets sent off again you know kind of some of the stuff that i was looking at back and forth with Roma fans, what is the what what is the uh, drink of choice? By the way, what is that you got there? Is that Canadian, Canadian Club? Club? Canadian Club. Canadian okay, Club. that's a big bottle of Canadian Club. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go um, yeah, go. <laughs> there you go. I am home. Hey, there you go. Well, there you go. I hope you are. If you're going to drink that much, though. <laughs> um, 
Amazing Vincent, Roma fan, and I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say on this. There he goes. The ref was shocking. Yep. Um, but Mourinho, the histrionics have uh, kind of ramped up ever since the Europa League final. Um, yeah, yeah. For lack of a better word, histrionics. Um, so the is it a no-win situation for the front office and for the front office at Roma? Are they are they stuck with this guy because the inmates that are the Roma supporters are running the prison now? They, they, they it, it seems like they enable Mourinho. Um, I wonder what you. Th- Wonder what your thoughts are about that. I mean, I don't think Mourinho should be sacked. I'm not looking for that or that sort of thing. But um, is you know, Mourinho as a personality, and listen, excellent resume as a manager. Uh, won the treble with Inter. You know, great to have you know that aspect of him in Syria. Yeah. But are we as people who enjoy Syria starting to get tired of this act a little bit and are we you know are we starting to maybe bemoan the fact that we're stuck with them or is this uh, or, or is this sideshow something that we should in- embrace as part of what makes uh this league interesting what do you this think this is well Yes, yes. Uh, we, <laughs> yes, the, the league is tired no of Mourinho. Yeah, no, Mourinho, the, everyone's tired of Mourinho's antics. And everyone, yeah. everywhere he's gone in his journey, people have got tired of his antics. However, what he's doing is on par for, for me, on par of what he's always done. Is he maybe get more reds now than before? Sure. But, you know, he got two yellows in this game and uh, he likes to chirp his mouth. And yes, he's maybe a little bit more aggravated these days. Uh, but, you know, it, it comes with age, right? Uh, both of us can attest to that, yeah. but I think um, he is what Roma needs. I think when you know comes down to these European fixtures, no one's going to do it better for for Roma than Mourinho. I think he can get the team prepared for those kind of games. They're built around him at the moment. Uh, it doesn't always look pretty. It's very similar to Allegri, though Allegri's doing a lot better at the moment. Um, but you know, part of the distraction when you go against Roma is Mourinho, and that could throw other teams off their game, especially if the manager isn't at the level mind game wise to Mourinho, and he can really get the other te- under other manager's skin. We've seen um, it didn't happen in this game. You know, I'm surprised Gasparini didn't you know really lose his head in this game, which he usually does when he goes against a manager uh, of the elk of uh, Mourinho. Um, so I think this uh, they're letting him do it, the, the, the management at Roma. They're letting him do it because he's getting still getting results. And he's got the talent there. I think once healthy, they're going to be pushing pushing into the top four. I mean, yeah, they're eighth right now. But, I mean, it doesn't take that much for them to go on a little run and, and get back into the mix of this. Um, and so, yeah, it's a yes and yes. People are tired of it. They always have been tired of Mourinho. But he can still get the job done. And what he's doing is for a reason. It's a purpose behind it. It's it's throwing off, maybe trying to get the referee on his side a little bit if he can, but also throwing off the other team and also motivating his team, getting the pressure uh, off his team members and onto him. That way they can you know have less pressure and focus on the game more. And then people after the game going after Mourinho because why did you do this instead of why the hell did you miss the goal? Why did you miss the shot? Why did you why did you get subbed out in the forty fifth minute? So I think that's all part of his his uh, his aura. If that makes sense. I think that's fair. Um... I, I like having him in the league. I yeah, think I the agree. league is better with him in it. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, it sounds like, you know, Vincent certainly keeps an eye on this closer than I do if he says that he's keeping his cool a lot better. So, um, you know, and I think that he's always, you know, I know that his first go around in City when he was in at Inter, I remember him saying one time, he said, I don't know, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here because I don't like Italian football and Italian football doesn't like me. Um, <laughs> you know, but he's, he's obviously managed to keep him, keep more of a stay at Roma. Maybe it just feels like it's more frequent ever since the Europa League final because there was so yep, much attention right. to that. And then there was the behavior of Roma fans toward the referee and his family at the airport, you know, and some of the things that happened like that, you know, that can certainly be more on the concerning side. Um, but yeah, and I think the players buy into him, you know, I think the, you know, and I think that, you know, he engages in that kind of behavior because it takes the pressure off of the players. You know, I think he's probably, you know, in, in a way just trying to be um, it's an apex because an apex will know as a Chelsea fan, it's a completely different feeling when Jose is your coach and it's just an intoxicating feeling all around. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. exactly. he'll he'll make it on the surface, make it about him, but he's putting all the attention and pressure on him to take all the attention and pressure off the players. So that the players can perform, and I don't think I don't think Vincent is incorrect here, where he says he feels like the referees target Mourinho, and and we've seen this numerous times that these fucking referees make everything about them. Referees' yep. job is to be inconspicuous in the games, make the calls when they need to, and they make everything about them. Uh, I agree that the referee in this game was terrible, and we've seen throughout the league, throughout many, throughout the season, many games, week in and week out, that the referees try to put the spotlight on themselves versus on the players in, in the game. So, yeah, I, I can see how, how that is because they, they, they don't want to be upstaged. You know what I mean? And I'm curious yeah. what the Lisi and the, and the uncles of the world, how they feel on this being the referee side. But that's what it appears to me is that the referees don't want to be upstaged. And so they become a scene. And that's that what you want for the game. Um, what was I going to say in response to all of this? I, yeah, I mean, there's, 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 there's truth there. The, the Syria officials are probably the most narcissistic of any league's officials. So... Um, and referees Possibly. And, Possibly, and, yeah. and and that sort of thing. It it, it can be argued. Premier League probably um, is going to be up there. I would say to Apex's point, I think Allegri's histrionics this year has been tenfold what it normally is. And I think he's he's doing. If you watch him on the sideline, two managers on the sideline, I think Allegri's doing all these <laughs> yelling at everybody, all everything. And it seems more ramped up this year, maybe because it feels a pressure than it than it has been in the past. Uh, yeah. Versus Mourinho, which just seems like. Pretty steady for him. Maybe he's tripping more or whatever. But uh, Allegri just seems all over the place. Jacket comes off and all that stuff. Uh, it's been really interesting to watch Allegri this season for sure. Okay. Well, okay. Managers who just you know who who kind of have tempers to now just kind of another conversation of another manager. True or false? Um, after January fifteenth, Frozenoni will be looking for a new manager. Juventus in the Copa on Thursday and at Atalanta on Monday. They've lost four in a row. They've conceded ten in those four games. I mean, did you see the the owners' faces after they went down three nothing in the game against um, mm. uh, in this last game? Yeah, no, they, yeah. They, they're not happy. Um, they're yeah. dropping points. EDF is who we thought he was, <laughs> apparently. Right? He's only what five points there was above a glimmer, the. There was a glimmer of redemption with him. Yeah. At the beginning of the season, and that's now just tapered off. It's a, it was a great start, no doubt about it. Um, but 
they're coming back down to earth now. Uh, you've seen Lecce, you've seen Genoa pull away now uh, from them. I think it's, you know, give it a couple more weeks and it, it could be where EDF is on, on, a, on alert now because I I think we both agree Cagliari is going to continue to gain points here and there and they're going to slowly get out of the, away from the relegation zone. And so the closer Cagliari and Udinese get to Frosinone, that's when that, that the red light's going to go off for the, the owners. And I think... He's probably be gone, you know, before the season's in. Uh, I would, I would, I would, I would be surprised he makes it past March. Um, and you're talking about EDF. EDF, yeah. I, he, I think he's gone after Monday. Uh, Could be. They go out of the Copa and they lose to Atalanta, which I think are both very, very likely. I think he's gone. Um, See, I would so. think, I would think Mazzari's gone before, before you know, uh, EDF. But it depends. It depends on how how each of the owners feel and then what kind of pressure they feel, you know? So, I mean, I think at this point, ADL feels like it's all his fault now. Cause he even said, you know, it's my fault that this all happened, but is he willing to take another chance and plummet even further or, you know, or hoping about Saudi figures it out versus Frosinone. They're like, Oh, look, we had our great start. We're coming back down to earth. Teams are passing us now. I don't want to get relegated. And that's a money thing. And that's at that point. And so you're right. It could be Frosinone. EDF could be gone, you know, sooner than later. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be that that that's going to be the interesting one I'm keeping my eye on because I think it's it's certainly possible that that uh, EDF's out first before Matsadi. So, you know, we'll see if that actually happens. So. so Vincent says in the chat, I love seeing EDF in the league. My question to him is, do you like him in the league because he used to be with Roma or do you like beating up on him? Fair, <laughs> fair question. Fair question. Yes and yes and yes. Yes and yes. There you go. <laughs> the ask, theme of the night. Ask yes and yes. Answered on Vincent's behalf. So, uh, but we'll give him a shot in chat. Yeah. Um, all right. So, goals of the week. Um, I just have four. Um, I'm going to go with the. Um, I'm going to go with the Pellegrini goal at number four. Uh, the free kick for Lazio. Yeah. Uh, okay. Majori. Uh, in at third um, for Salernitana. Uh, Vecino's goal for Lazio, great team goal in at number two. And my goal of the week is the first goal of the first goal of the entire weekend, uh, Albert Goodmundson's okay. free kick for Genoa. Okay, right on. I, I see I, I see Pasquale say ADL just offered Conte $8 million per season and he rejected it. Hey, who's next? Jim Harbaugh? He's available, possibly. Um, so my top, I, I went top four. I couldn't get a top five. I tried, really did. Uh, coming in number four, uh, Vecino. I, I, I think his uh, cheeky finish is a great team play overall. And then uh, the way he finished it off was really well done by him. Very savvy by the, the veteran. Uh, number three for me, I'm going the Coop Miners goal with a Miranchuk assist. I thought it was really beautiful pass by Miranchuk. And then obviously Coop Miners, who doesn't normally get headers, got a, got a nice goal. But the pass, it was all about the pass and that play. Number two for me, I am going Consili's penalty save. I thought it was well done against Bonaventura, a guy who's typically clinical on, these, on the penalties. Consili stepped up big time and, 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 and saved his team and ultimately, you know, that saved the, the win there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for me, number one is, I'm wearing the jersey, I'm going Chaka Traore getting his first goal. Uh, nice uh, breakaway by Christian Pulisic and then feeding Traore to get his first goal there. So uh, wonderful done there by the youngster. There you go. So those were our goals of the week. We'll uh, we've left off a few teams talk in the uh, in in the uh, match week nineteen talk as we're going to talk about them here in the talk about transfers the Mercato we're about we're getting closing on them being halfway through uh, the month of January we're taking a look at the transfers one of the things that's standing out to me Richard Hellas Verona um, appear to be having a nice little yard sale right now mm. um, they have already 
uh, shipped out two players. Isaac Heen uh, is off to Atalanta for eight and a half million. Filippo Terracciano to Milan for four and a half million. And if uh, we we use uh, we, I like uh, uh, Nicolo Schiet as a guy that I, I tend to look at because uh, he'll have an awful lot of um, mm-hmm. uh, Serie A uh, rumors. Yeah. And uh, if he's to be believed, and if you're following him, you're seeing a lot of names from Hellas Verona getting ready to go out the door. Uh, Cyril Ngonja is expected to be going to Fiorentina. We if you it. listen to, yeah, we called it. You listen to Serie A sit down. We, when are you better know them 11? And Gonja's in it. We said Fiorentina's among the teams that should have some interest in him. Yeah. Uh, Milan Juric could be going to Genoa. That's been going on. Uh, we're talking about uh, Davide Faraone going to Fiorentina. Uh, that is that is a legit uh, possibility. Uh, so it looks like Hellas Verona is trying to see if they can cash in some, on some guys now before risking having the drop uh, and having to get rid of them for a little bit more of a bargain. Yeah. Um, you know, your thoughts on uh, Hellas Verona looking to make a, a, in certainly a number of moves here. I mean, if Cyril and Gonge is off the plate, what about Tom Henry? Huh? Uh, is he available? Um, yeah, it's surprising and not surprising. I mean, I, 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 it makes sense what they're doing. A fire sale, give her them now while you can get some money for it. You go to the offseason, it's going to be a lot, obviously a lot cheaper for the other clubs. However, you're not. it's not like you're dead last by a long shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, Salernitana are starting to catch them, get some points back. But, I mean, they're only one point behind Cagliari, and they're mm-hmm. three points behind Udinese. They're still in it, and they got okay enough talent on this team where – they can make a make a go of it, but uh, maybe they're just convinced that it's not going to work out, and and they're gone, um, going down, and so they're like, hey, let's get as much money as we can, and hey, if that's the case, you know, it is what it is. But uh, I, I, this shows that they're putting up the white flag. The ownership is, and for me, if you're the team, how can you not also throw the white flag at that point, right? And then you, if you start seeing some of your your teammates go out at the door here. You're going to start putting your request in, hey, get me out of here too. Why am I going to go down with a sinking ship? Send me somewhere that I have a chance to have some, you know, some fun. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's shocking to see that this is um, – Verona is going to this depth already, but it makes sense fiscally or financially, however you want to say it, um, because you're going to get more money now, certainly, than if you wait until June, June and July and August uh, where players going to – you're going to have to go cheap because, you know – City B, your 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 level, the 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 value is going to go down for sure. So, it's yeah. interesting interesting time for Verona fans. I'm sure the fans are going to revolt uh, as it was. You know, they're a very passionate fan base over there. Uh, and so, you know, if we start seeing a lot of a, a fire sale as we expect, it's going to be um, some protesting for sure. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, another uh, another thing to keep an eye on. Uh, I thought I saw Montipo's name too. Over the past few days, the goalkeeper for uh, for Hellas Verona, but I don't know if that's going to actually happen. He's a good keeper um, too. Yeah, he is. Um, let's see. So, um, looking at some other ones that are very interesting here, uh, Richard, uh, the Radu Dragusin drama uh, hasn't gone away yet. Uh, he yeah. right now it's either Tottenham Hotspur or Bayern Munich. Um, so there, we could have put him in our You Better Know Them 11, but then we probably would be back in the same boat. There was talk that Milan was entering negotiations and we're going to offer Colombo as a swap, as a, you know, as, as a swap plus money. Um, that was 
unfounded and untrue. Uh, Dragosin has not been in, in, in the conversation uh, for the Rossonelli. So he will, in all likelihood, he's been a budding star for Genoa. He will leave Italy. Um, yeah. From the looks of it, it's whether it comes down to going to Tottenham or Bayern, and it sounds like it's the player's choice. Yeah, I mean, and if you were the player, well, see, I can't, for me, it's easy to say, I said, oh, if I had the choice, I would go to Bayern because Bayern yeah. are much, you have a better chance of winning trophies if you go there. But, you know, I understand the, the lore of England. I absolutely do. Uh, Ossiman is a player who he has his eyes set on England. Many players do, and I get it. I get it. Um, so it's going to be up to the player how he's going to fit. Um, you know, obviously the manager there is doing a great job with them this season. And, you know, if he's if he's a long-term plan, a manager for them, then go for it. I think if you if your heart set on winning trophies but not necessarily starting – so that, that's the thing. What's Dragosin's motive? One, what country does he want to go to? He's more likely to get a start starting position, I think, with Tottenham eventually versus Byron. Byron, you know, they have money. They're going to buy the big big name players, and so there's a good chance you're just going to be a backup over there, uh, no matter what, because you know you got the Delix, the Kim Menjais, the role, and then whoever else they're going to buy for big money. Um, and so if he goes to Byron, I always see him as a backup. That's all I always see him as there. A rotation where Tottenham, there is a legitimate chance he could eventually start there. Um, so it, it depends what Drago's in. I think he'll go to Tottenham personally, um, based on everything I heard. But I think Byron are just trying to blow smoke and just trying to you know mess with um, with Tottenham. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, I hate that he's leaving the league because uh, obviously someone we've been keeping an eye on and he's done well for Genoa. I mean, he... He scored the goal with the, last week, I think it was for them, the long goal in the game for them. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it's sad to see him leave the league, but uh, I understand. Um, hey, when people listen to our podcast and they start signing these players, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what it is. Okay. Uh, some other discussions. Uh, looks like Tiago Jallo uh, to Juventus from Lille. Uh, Three million plus bonuses at the final stage, four year contract. Uh, Lille is also going to have a, a 10% of the on the future sale. Um, uh, if Reno's still listening, be interested to get his take on Jalo and what he's learned. But uh, decent little player for them. Um, I you know haven't done a whole lot of digging on him from what I remember. Kind of a pacey little guy. Plays on the you know can kind of play in the wide areas. Uh, uh, you know somebody you know another option in the attack. Uh, for Juventus, the only concern is is when these sometimes when these attacking players uh, go to Juve, they they don't live up to it because they just can't acclimate themselves to the tactics. So, yeah, uh, right. but it's it's a very low risk move for Juventus considering the money that's involved. So why not? Yeah, and I think the the job that you know we've seen the top three teams all make some really good cheap deals uh, that really will add depth to their team, and I think uh, they're they're no brainer decisions by them. Uh, so picking up Jallo uh, is is a nice nice depth move by by Juventus, and so uh, you expect to see a few more of those by by you know the three the three GMs there doing an excellent job with their teams. Um, and there's a few other you know I still think that there's plenty of players in this league that are going to be moving up to a mid table. I stand corrected. He's actually I'm sorry. I stand corrected. He's actually a defender, so can play centrally or can play right back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and they've they've spotted him going forward. He gets himself in the box. He's uh, boy, I should be ashamed of myself for not doing my homework on this guy. Sure. There's another Jallo. There's another Jallo out there that's an attacking player there that is. I got that I got him mixed up with. So, forgive me, Juve fans. Um, but uh, yes, thank you, Ahmed's. Ahmed's correcting me. The whole chat's going to correct me now. This is this, this is your one. This, chat. Is, this is why we love the this chat. Is, this is your one that you get this season, just so you know, because it, it doesn't happen all the time. It never actually never happens. Um, so. <laughs> 
I got thrown off. So here we go. Bloopers. And I'm not the one drinking either. <laughs> so. That's right. That's right. See, there's a problem. There's the problem right there. Yep. So, um, uh, so yeah, just, uh, uh, so, but, uh, you know, let's talk about him. Six foot three's got some height on him. Uh, according to sofa score, very strong in ground duels and very strong in tackling should fit right into Juve then, um, with that kind of, uh, with, with, um, with those kind of characteristics. Yeah. And he's got some, uh, good players to learn from. Obviously, you know, you're looking at the, the, it seems like other than Alexandra, the defenders back uh, for Juventus are having a, an, an excellent season. I mean, Danilo with a great, you know, cross in this weekend uh, to Vlahovic for that goal. Um, Gatti, obviously, and Bremer, they're, they're having an excellent season. So you have you have players that you can learn from. Uh, you can watch. You obviously not get to start at the beginning. You will eventually get an opportunity because either injuries happen or just you know ro- for, you know rotation of the, of the league. And we've seen or of the team, and we've seen Allegri do that with players. Ealing Junior is getting more opportunity these days, um, and some of these other young guys. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a good move for him. I think. Um, his uh, what he can provide in the, in the aerial aerial aspect, both defensively and offensively, is going to help them. You know, once he gets his opportunity, um, <clears throat> probably see a lot more run of of him. You know, come the Copitayas and and some of these other games, not the necessarily uh, the Serie A games, unless they're playing like a lower opponent, maybe like a Salernitana or Empoli or something like that. So, but I, I like this move. I like this move for uh, for Juventus. It's it's cheap. And then potential of this guy is, is, is high. So he could be a very solid player for them, a, a Rugani of the future, if you will. Um, someone who can really just step in when you need him and, and fill the void while you know players are recovering from injuries. So, yeah, good move by Juventus. Pasquale thinks it's a uh, Pasquale thinks he's a future Alexandro, which would be pretty high Based expectations. Yeah. yeah, but let's, uh, let's see what happens. And I wasn't crazy. There is a Jalo. He plays for Braga. Um, I believe has five goals and three assists and 14 appearances. Uh, this season. So just trying to save a little bit of face here. Um, so, uh, and Bala and Zolo is rumored to be going to Empoli on loan. Um, uh, that yeah. popped up. Uh, so uh, yeah, Empoli's desperate for somebody to, to, to finish chances for them. So, yeah. and it looks like they're also going to try to have themselves a Spezia reunion uh, because Simon Zerkowski signed for them too. Oh. Um, so it looks like they're just trying to collect the old, they're trying to collect the old Spezia band and get it back together. Get have it going together. on there. Yeah, have it going on in Empoli where they can get relegated, uh, where Spezia can get relegated twice as two different teams. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll monitor that one and uh, hope everybody can uh, get a good. You know, hopefully everybody can enjoy yeah. that. I know Empoli yeah. fans aren't aren't laughing. Uh, I think if, uh, situation with Kane, um, Juve has opened up to a loan at Monza. Um, but uh, it doesn't seem like Keane is interested in the idea. He would prefer Fiorentina uh, and is even evaluating um, uh, foreign opportunities, and it sounds like Juve is going to extend uh, Keane before that, before a loan of any kind happens. Uh, speaking of extensions, it looks like Lataro Martinez's uh, deal through 2028 is almost done, where he'll get $8 million net per season. Thank God. Uh, that's one star that will stay in the league for a long yep. time, which we're happy to have. Yep. Um, so that's also, um, 
going to suck for the Darbies, but yes, I agree. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. He, you know, he's kind of kicked the crap out of Milan. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, carrying on with Inter, it looks like they've uh, reinvigorated their interest in Mediterranean on a free uh, in the summer, too. So that's one we're going to have to keep our eye on. Maybe frustrated enough with Arnautovic um, that uh, they want to bring him bring him into the fold and have him be a guy that could spell Martinez, that could spell Turam, uh, you know, and have a pretty elite rotation of strikers. It's funny to me, very comical, that the Interisti, when Milan were linked to Taremi, were laughing at him. Who is this guy you guys are going for? This guy sucks. He's terrible. All of a sudden, he's linked to Inter. Like, oh, this guy's awesome. Look at this. Look at, look at Marotta doing the magic again. It's like, what? Come again? <laughs> it just, you know, and, and and then it's not just Inter. You know, all the fan bases do this, but it's just, it was, you got a great example this season because Taremi was linked with heavily linked with Milan this summer, and now he's linked with Inter, and Inter, Interisi have turned about face on him. Like, oh, yeah, he's fantastic. Oh, he's excellent. We, we knew it all along. <laughs> <laughs> just crazy. So, uh, so yeah, so, so Taremi, uh, keep an eye on that one. Um, and then, uh, the other one that I wanted to look at. Simeone on loan if Sanchez leaves. Interesting. That would be interesting. Possible. Yep. Um, and then, uh, you know, not necessarily Serie A, but an Italian player, Leonardo, Leonardo Bonucci. Uh, looks like he is going to um, end his uh, disappointing time in Berlin uh, and leave Union Berlin. He looks like Fener- he's headed to Fenerbahce. Um, oh, wait, do you uh, hear that? I hear fans rejoicing in Berlin that the devil is gone. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to skyrocket up the table now. You got to cue that. Uh, you got to do that that, that, that that gif where they're all at the bar and they're just <laughs> jumping and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, yep. Uh, and it sounds like it was, it's, it, it sounded like the Jekyll was the one who recruited Benucci. Yeah. Pasquale. I saw that too. So I'm glad this came up because, um, Jekko, former Interista, mm-hmm. uh, he got into it with Icardi, another former Inter player, uh, when they had the, uh, the Istanbul Derby what, a couple weeks ago and they were going at it. They were going at it on Twitter and, and Instagram and all that stuff. You gotta love seeing that. You gotta love seeing that. Uh, mm-hmm. But yep, he did. He was able to recruit Benucci over there, and you know, hopefully, he for him he does well over there. But uh, he is uh, leaving Germany and heading to heading to Turkey. Mm. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, we move on to Coppa Italia. Uh, I think that wraps up our yeah. our coverage of the uh, transfers for now. There'll be more. There'll be more. I'm sure there will be more. Uh, I did. I thought. Oh, the one more as far as it pertains to Milan, uh, the 18 year old Popovic. And it's my understanding that. He is going to sign and that he is going to qualify to sign now. I think there was like a restriction uh, because he was a non-EU under 18 Mm, and some weird rules with that where he wasn't eligible to sign. But I thought I read somewhere, so keep an eye on that, Uh, young striker that I believe um, Manchester City was also interested in. But you never know what these... Did they find a great-great-grand-grandmother who was Italian, so he got a citizenship or something? It's like it's like uh, the narr- It's like when Ray, Ray Liotta was doing the narration in uh, Goodfellas. Yeah. They got to trace you all the way back to the old country. <laughs> That's <laughs> so. how they got them. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, all right, uh, we have uh, Coppa Italia to look at. Um, we had a nil-niler today, where Fiorentina won on penalties. 
boys and girls, these will not have extra time because of the fixture, fixture mm-hmm. congestion. If it is level after 90 minutes, uh, it will go straight to penalties. We have the Derby della Capitale uh, as one quarterfinal with Lazio as the home team, designated as a home team playing Roma. You have the a, a, a Lombardia Derby uh, with Milan and Atalanta. Uh, going on at the same time. And then on Thursday, we have Juventus hosting Frosinone. So thoughts on these games coming up, Richard? I thought you were going to call it the Catalade derby uh, for Milan and Atalanta. But, um, or Charlie the, or, or as, as, as Mark Morelli's calling him, Charlie the Kettleball. Charlie the Kettleball, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, well, first off, of the four, four fixtures, I would say um, for me – Obviously, Derby del Capitale is going to take the, going to take the cake on this one. It's going mm-hmm. to be interesting to see. It has penalties written all over it, right? Um, it's it's going to be interesting. You have the Sari against Mourinho. Uh, how it's going to be super fun to watch. While AC Milan and, and Atalanta are going to be entertaining, no doubt about it. Uh, both games going to, both those games going to be close. As will you know, Juventus Frosinone. I imagine it's going to be closer than than it was in the league. But maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. EDF, uh, he's fighting for his life there. But I think for me, certainly the games uh, with uh, Lazio, Roma, and, and Milan, and Atalanta will take the cake. And I think, yeah, I don't know who I want. And I, I, don't, I don't care who I want in Lazio, Roma, but it's, it's, it's going to be fun. I want to see I want to see the Mancinis. I want to see the fights. I want to see the goals. And I want it to be like an entertaining derby, not one of these, you know, yeah, the 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 Bologna Fiorentina game was okay, right? But didn't it was missing something? I think the Lazio Roma game is not going to be missing that. I think it'd be a lot of intensity. If nothing else, Mourinho red card. So it's going to be must watch for sure. And I I, I see it's going to go. Uh, it's going to go. End up going to penalties. It's going. How can it not? Right. Right. Um, and then uh, yeah, I don't know Milan Atalanta. I I'm not sure how that's going to go. I. I can see Milan winning that, but you know Atalanta—you never know. They—they they are such a Jekyll and Hyde team. They're good enough talent-wise to compete with anybody, but you know you never know which team you're going to get with them. And that's why we always not, don't rank them so high in terms of the league table because the unpredictability with them. So, um, um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Roma winning. I mean, I think that even a Mourinho, I believe, will be watching this from the stands. Yes, uh, I think that he's serving a suspension in this, and. Um, if they play the lineup that SofaScore suggests, and looking at Lazio's, um, I have more, I have more interest in, in picking La- Roma to win. The only reason why I'd be concerned is uh, maybe a relative lack of experience. It looks like this kid that uh, was at Juve Next Gen is now at Roma, uh, Dean Huisen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Huisen. Is it Huisen or Huisen? I Huisen, well, I think. Well, we're going to find out. We'll find out. Um, we're going to find out and we're either going to find out because, you know, he's a hero or, or, uh-huh. uh, the, the Lazio attack keeps picking on him. So, right. um, but I, I, I think I trust Roma more to get it done where they'll absorb and then they'll hit on the break. They'll let, uh, them try, let Lazio try to play a little Saudi ball and come forward and come with the numbers and then they'll hit them on the counterattack, especially if Lukaku starts, you know, and if the likes of Pellegrini and Dybala are playing, um, I just trust Roma a little bit more than I trust Lazio uh, in that environment and uh, will give uh, Roma the one. I'm going to go 1-0 for that win. Um, uh, Atalanta were focused in firing on Sunday. will be a fascinating matchup against Milan. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on who Atalanta starts, in all honesty. 
um, because I think that Milan are going to have some degree of rotation to him. If you're out fans, you're going to get your Luka Jovic. I think he starts this game. Um, yeah. But I think you're going to see Musa. I think you're going to see Kiar and Simic as the center back pairing. So Teo can play on the left. Um, and if, as SofaScore suggests, uh, Deketolare and Skamaka as the two forwards, I don't think that Simic and Kiar will be bothered by that. Um, they're going to be more bothered by someone like Moriel playing up front or Lookman. Uh, you know, and I would expect Gasparini to actually start one of those guys, uh, a player that has a little pace to him that's going to put a lot of pressure on those on those defenders. Um, all that said, I'm going to go two one to Milan. I think they I think they squeak it out and get to the semifinal. And then I just Thursday the Juventus frozen only game. Juve win two uh, nil. Uh, I, I just. I don't think Frozenoni are going to generate the dangerous chances against Juve, and I think that Juve is going to find a way to scrape out a couple of goals and, and carry on. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on, on, on the Roma winning. I think Dybala is the, the difference maker in this game. I think it, it's a fascinating game for sure, but I think Dybala has so much uh, class and his skill. Oh, Lookman's at AFCON. Oh, that's right. I forgot that that's all starting up. Yeah, I mean, that would have been like my ideal. If I was at Atalanta, my ideal partnership would be probably Lookman and CDK. CDK's got the motivation to try to get back at Milan. Um, but, you know, when him him not there, uh, I think you and I think Muriel should start, but it's probably going to be Skamaka. And I don't know how that partnership will work. But, you know, you, you figure CDK will have some kind of impact in this game, will try to have some impact in this game. Um, uh, I'm curious to see, you know, the Edersons and, and Coop Miners who who's starting in this in this team, not just the attack but also the midfield too. Um, it'll be a tight game. I I, I can see Milan winning that um, just so barely, and then then yeah, Juve. I think Juve wins two one. So two one Milan, two one Juve, and uh, I'll go two one Roma. Look at that, all two ones. I think we got Ahmed as our stat correction guy, or as our uh, fact. Uh, he, I, sign him be, up. He's a stat. We can guy. sign him up. Ahmed, you're hired. You're our fact checker. <laughs> Because so, he's he's called me out a couple times tonight, so thank you. I, I I need to be kept in line here. So appreciate right. the need to be humble. Uh, yeah, appreciate the you know appreciate it. No, I, in all seriousness, thank you because I I yeah, yeah got to be I got to be held accountable when I screw up. There he is, he's laughing. He's having a good time with it. So good. Um, good. <laughs> so all right. So we think Fiorentina, Roma, Milan, Juve will be the final four for Coppa Italia, right? Yes, I agree. Okay, okay. Ooh. So would it be right. it be Fiorentina and Juve then if they if if Juve win? I don't know how it's bracketed. Um, no, no, it'll be I'm Fiorentina in, you know? Milan. <laughs> no, no, it'll be Fiorentina Milan because I remember okay. Bologna Fiorentina winner is going to go with Milan, so that's what it is. Oh, well, Milan or Atalanta? Atalanta could get it too. But yeah, but. Okay, so Fiorentina Milan, Roma Juventus is what we're looking at. Roma yep. Juventus for another rock fight. Brace yourself um, <laughs> for two legs. Yep, yep, absolutely. So. All right. Well, everybody, we are uh, to that point where we now move on to the world's most popular hashtag game. It is time for who won Calcio Twitter. All right. Uh, get everything in order there. Okay. So we started it off with the big show, of course. And it says, uh, uh, oh, well, the first uh, the tweet that came out was said, uh, what's your least favorite genre of player? And he comes out and says, Juventus players. They all wear the, the referee <laughs> uniforms, huh? <laughs> Did he get Orsato? Is that Orsato that one in the top left? First one, first one, top left. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that, that yeah. It, you got to squint a little, but there it is. There you go. All right, Johnny Delicoli at Johnny Rules 27. The streets of Roma after Mourinho finally beat longtime historic and villainous Copa Italia rivals. 
<laughs> and they almost lost to Kriminosa. They needed two late goals to win that game. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, that's a leader of the clubhouse right there. Yes. All right. So, <laughs> Uncle Sharma, you know, after Fartesi scores the game winner, his ass is sticking out uh, while he's celebrating. One of the players pulled down his pants, whatever. And he comes with this video here. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. Hella ass. The sun is still. What you doing out here with all this ass? What you doing out here with all this ass? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I didn't. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. See. So uh, all right. There we go. Okay. So you got to see the whole thing. All right. That's a good one too, Uncle Sharma. Very nice. We got. We got. We got. We got some battle. We're got. We've got a battle on our hands here. Yeah. When Siavush jumps in, Siavush Falahi. Uh, it's not stressful to be an intervent, says Lee, age twenty-seven. <laughs> well, the uh, Who Won Calcio Twitter is strong this week. It is. It is. All right. Moving on. Uh, Gillis 15 uh, nominated this one. It's the visionary freaking Chunks. Tw- okay, so what's it? it says uh, AFC IX said 2 uh, 1 Inter. They have won it in the 94th minute. What a moment. Uh, Astezi. <laughs> <laughs> Davide Astezi. <laughs> Davide Astezi. Okay. Very uh, nice. Okay, so uh, Dibalexa. Read the original uh, tweet. There's uh, a thread here. Oh, there is a thread here. Okay. Um, okay. Your tweets so, are everywhere. Lex FC brand. There's a whole bunch of that going on. Right, and so, Jan- so January 6th, um, during the Verona Inter game, she tweeted when Tomo Henri missed the penalty. She said, Henri missed what the fuck? And so this this account, this, a big account that has like you know, 154,000 followers, says, yeah, he's very lucky he didn't play in the social media area. And it's talking about uh, Thierry Henri. And everyone's ah, like, okay. what the fuck are you talking about? So she says that. They didn't know I'm tweeting <laughs> about Syria. <laughs> Because everyone All thought right. it was Thierry Henry. It's like, no, Tomo Henry. Tomo Henry. Come All on. All right. All right. Uh, moving on. Uncle Sharma with another entry. Uh, Arnautovic v. Hellas Verona. It's this Romelu Lukaku Hellas. <laughs> Doing nothing. Relax up. Just giving the ball away. Yep. Yeah, Arnautovic had a shocker. Uh, he did. In his appearance, that's for sure. He did. He did. All right. So next tweet, uh, Anthony Costa says, uh, is this English commentator going to stop critiquing every little thing about Napoli or no? So obviously he didn't like the Napoli critiquing going on. So the the commentator in question was Patrick Hendrick. And so he clapped back and said, given I spent 10 months waxing lyrical about La- Napoli last season, it's only right that I call Trek, call Trek out when they're appalling. Mm. So call them out, I think he would have meant to say. But yeah, uh, yep. yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep, absolutely. yep. Nice little, uh, nice little serve back there, and I believe that uh, Apex was uh, trying to nominate that as well. Is that the same thing? Nope. No, it's, it's time for Matsoki. <laughs> he comes in, he goes out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matsoki, poor Matsoki. All right, All right uh, moving, moving on. on. Sato, oh gosh. Uh, Saturnion says, "Havrashelia, uh, when there's no Osman to do all the work for him." Let's play the video here. He's getting beat up. He's getting beat up. And as in response to Uncle Sharma's, you know, wow, there's three nothing, Torino's up, you know. And so how about Shelly getting beat up with no Osim in there? Well. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, it's been happening. Okay, so Apex uh, <laughs> nominating Christangalon. Look, <laughs> this is good. This is good. <laughs> yes, this is good. Lukaku <laughs> looking at Spinazzola's crosses. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that is. We good. have a le- we have a leader. Yes, yes. All right, so. Oh my God! Um, this guy uh, SBVB says beating AC Milan is not for everyone, and he's talking about how Dortmund. He's a Dortmund fan, by the way. Dortmund beating Milan three one, and then Empoli losing to Milan three nothing. Okay, and he's like, "Did bro just compare Dortmund to Empoli?" He's <laughs> like, "What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with this Dortmund fan?" Now, first of yeah. all, let me say this in, in all uh, unbiased opinion: Empoli is better than Dortmund. Zambo, you know this. Eric, you know this, right? But uh, yeah, no, no. This is ridiculous. Like, how are you going to compare Dortmund with Empoli? You trying to start fights with Empoli fans now? They're already getting relegated. What the hell are you going to do to them, man? Come on now. It's not like you're a Schalke fan or anything. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Dortmund fans be- beefing Empoli for no reason. Play this. Boy, you don't see where you're fucking going? I wasn't even driving. Don't shut the fuck up, you fucking piece of bacon. <laughs> Why'd I get picked on? <laughs> Why'd I get picked on? <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> All right. Uh, this one is, um, what was the first tweet about? Uh, then nothing. Okay. Um, so uh, Christian says, Piontek's first five games for AC Milan versus the rest of the season. So let's play this from the beginning here and get some sound. All right. I don't know who's gonna kiss you when I'm gone. So I'm going to love you now. Like, it's all I have. I know it'll kill you. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to keep it down. My kids are trying to That was good. That was good. Oh, these are good ones this week. These are good ones this week. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I think the I think Chris I I'm gonna go with Chris Stangle on man, but this was a good week for it was a good week. But yeah, I think I wasn't expecting I, I kind of expected from the other guys, and this Roma rush came out of nowhere and says, "Look, I can look at speed until this cross." Yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make uh, it through, right? So, oh, the chat's loving it too. So, <laughs> oh my goodness, that is uh, that is good stuff. That is good stuff. You know, this is why we just have, like, I enjoy these moments here, uh, who won't catch on Twitter. So, yes, while you retweet that, oh my goodness. Um, who do we shout out? Uh, shout out to chat. First of all, chat, thank you guys. Lively tonight, correcting us when we needed to be corrected, keeping us humble. But, uh, also, thank you for all the birthday wishes. Uh, having fun tonight, enjoy it. Uh, I tried to stay out of the, the Twitter beef this weekend, I left that all to Frank, but uh, yeah, some people had to be put on blast. So, uh, Thank goodness for who on couch or Twitter too. <laughs> All right, so there you go. It, it, I, this was one of the elite who on couch or Twitter weeks. Yeah. I should just say that right now. And um, a, and a and a underdog won. Yep, against a big hitter. So yep, yep, yep. Him. A guy that came in from out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. So uh, so our who won couch or Twitter guys. Bravo. Up the game. Keep upping yeah, the game. That was good. That was good. Uh, and, and, and my thanks to the chat uh, for putting me in my place and correcting <laughs> me multiple times today. So thank you very much. Uh, not often that you're going to get to do that. So uh, I'm going to have to uh, have to up my game for next week. So That's right. I promise you that'll happen. So 
Well, with that, we're going to put a bow on this week's edition of Who Won Kelcho Twitter. Um, let's get to the socials at City Sit Down on Twitter and Instagram. We're also there on Facebook. Uh, here on the YouTube channel, if you're watching for the first time and you had a good time, and you should have, uh, otherwise you have no pulse. Um, if you want to see more Who Won Kelcho Twitter, give us a yes. subscribe and like. Drop, drop a like. Please subscribe. Hit that notification bell because that will give you the heads up when we are going to go live. And generally, we go live Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern unless we otherwise notify you through the uh, social media platforms. Yeah. Uh, so uh, obviously be on the lookout and, uh, and and follow those pages so that you are in the know. Uh, as far as the podcast itself, we have our own channel on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there's podcasts, there is City I'll Sit Down. I kind of reversed all of the, uh, uh, you know, informational things here, Richard. I did that. That's, a, that's my birthday gift to you. Thank so you. I, I kept it toes. from being... Kept it, from being, kept it from being boring, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so check us out in all of those spaces and, and, and feel free to subscribe there if you can't catch the YouTube uh, live show. Um, again, those are Tuesdays, 9 p.m. East. Um, and again, chat, thank you guys. As always, glad to have you. We will do this again a week from today, 9 p.m. Eastern. How does that sound, Richard? Sounds perfect. Let's do it. We're talking about a new manager at, Fio- at Frozenone. We talked about that. Maybe so, Napoli. And maybe Napoli. We'll have to, you know, we'll have to break it down and see. But we'll have more to talk about at that time. Until then, uh, for the birthday boy Richard Centani, Aburi, grazie, uh, grazie. I'm Frank, and as always, make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.